G'day listeners, welcome back to another episode of Spark Your Fire. Uh, I'm one of the hosts, David Shee, and with me today is our co-host, Jazz Stana. Jazz, how are you doing, mate? Very good, David. Happy Tuesday for a chat. Happy Tuesday, indeed, and another Tuesday, another investor story, which is what we all love, don't we? So It's been long. It's been very long. For today, we've got Tuan Duong uh, from Dualtex. He's the principal of Dualtex. Uh, welcome to the show, Tuan. Thank you very much, David. Thank you very much, Jess, for having us on today. Yeah, no, perfect. Our pleasure. Mate, um, we've been uh, pretty curious. I think I heard that uh, uh, just before we come on air, you had a very unique investor story in a sense. But uh, before we dig into that, I guess, can you share with our listeners about yourself? Like, uh, you know, what did you do beforehand and how did you start in in, in this uh, property investment journey? For sure. Um, and David and Jess, uh, the, I guess, going right back to the beginning, um, I'm I'm the principal of Duo Tax Quantity Surveyors um, and Property Valuers business. Uh, so mm-hmm. we specialize in preparing tax depreciation schedules yep. and uh, property valuation reports now in the last uh, six months. We've started that uh, uh, latter part of the business up. Nice. Uh, it's been six years now since I first started and I, I started the, bit, the business in my parents' uh, home. Um, and what was then six years ago was uh, 2015. So I had um, bought a rental property back in 2010 or 11, I believe. So just right on where the, the boom and the hype started growing and, and property uh, and, and, and finance becoming more available to the mm-hmm. wider community. Um, and so then I uh, caught on to the idea of, you know what, let's buy an investment property. And when I bought that property, um, I did not a whole lot. Uh, about property and uh, being it's my first. So I started looking at properties around my area and I, and I was born and raised around the Liverpool Fairfield area in, in Sydney. Uh, and, and so I naturally bought a property in Canley Heights and that was my first property, which was a duplex uh, uh, property. Um, and I had uh, used it as an owner-occupied property for the first six months to then get some CGT benefits as, um, as was... Uh, I guess, guided to me by my mortgage broker at the time who knew a little bit about investing. Okay. And then from there, I, uh, I rented the property out and I needed a depreciation schedule as I found out from my tax accountant back in 2012, 2013, around then. Um, and so that's how it started for me. And the accountant said um, to me, look, Tuan, you could claim uh, depreciation. You, you can claim a lot of different things like your, your, you know, your council rates, your, your, your ongoing expenses, maintenance, not that there's many on a brand new duplex. You can claim, but best of, most of all for you, not just the interest, but you can claim depreciation on your rental property. And I was like, depreciation? Well, I've never claimed that before because I drive a car to work and driving a car to work, you don't get to claim that. So I didn't know how it worked, but he said, you need to go see a quantity surveyor. At that time, I, uh, I had studied uh, construction management and went on to become uh, like, a, like an estimator. But then uh, I said, look, I, I had studied uh, quantity surveying in university. Can I create my report? And he said, no, you can't. You've got to see a specialized quantity, specialized quantity surveyor like, you know, Washington Brown or BMT, something like that. And I said, oh, great. I, so I, I got, had some, someone come around my house, did my inspection, surveyed my property, gave me like, I think it was a $15,000 tax deduction in the first year. And so for me, like on a, on a very basic income of, uh, I think it was on maybe a 60 or $65,000 income then, I was thought, this is unbelievable. I mean, mm. I was getting a, like a six or $7,000 refund in the first year just for getting a depreciation schedule. So that for me sparked an interest and thought, well, I couldn't believe how much of a difference it made to my life. Imagine if I could do this for other people that didn't know. Right. 
like oh. me who had been okay. for the first time. So that's where it all sparked my journey as an investor. So that's uh, how I started. Basically, it was uh, okay. So so you gave us a few different indicators there. It, basically, your first property was in Candy Candy Heights, which is in southwest of Sydney. In yep. a sense, is it about 25 kilometers, 30 kilometers from CBD? 30 kilometers, yep. About 30 kilometers, yep, close to Liverpool. And it was a brand new property. Brand new development. Was it off the plan? Off the plan. Uh, okay. Yep. Um, from a small developer um, that I had purchased. And I bought purchased it for $470,000. And it was renting at that time for about $480 a week. So um, why, okay, so a couple of questions. Why did you buy a duplex uh, instead of a house at that point in time for 2010? If you can still get a house not far from that kind of price range around Candy Heights. That's right, yep. And number two, um, uh, I guess, why off the plan versus <laughs> existing? Um, at that time, I uh, was a bit of an amateur um uh, investor. Okay. And I wanted the, I think uh, what drew me the most to it was the Canley Heights in 2010. I'm not sure if you're familiar, was a very booming area. Um, it was, everybody wanted to be there. There was cafes, there were restaurants, there were bars. And today it's the same, but just more of it. It's a place that everybody wants to be on a Friday, Thursday, Saturday night. Sure, and sure. so we had that drawing power and um, I've always, um, you know, kind of liked the area and my parents, especially my parents, they were very akin to the idea of, you know what, you got to invest in Canley Heights because it's such a de- in high demand. Mm-hmm. And actually it drew us that. And, you know, sometimes uh, for us, for me, even like, I feel like, you know, people invest where they're most comfortable with. And that point in time, I think I was driven highly by that that I wanted to invest somewhere where I knew rather than diversifying myself out to different regions or outside of that local Fairfield or Liverpool community. Going interstate was not even a question um, and the Sydney market seemed to have a lot of potential. And it was relatively at that point in time affordable. And uh, why did I go with the duplex site? Um, For $470,000, you could buy a really old house um, that would have to go through some maintenance and I hadn't had any experience with renovating or looking after a place. And so my parents also sort of drove me to say, you know what, buy something that would be low maintenance, get tenants in there, minimal problems. And it was the case, you know, we had some issues here and there where we had to put an awning out that cost us maybe $350 to install, um, you know, because it wasn't thought of at the time, you know, you had this door that walked into the garage and you'd be <laughs> flooded with water. So there's little things like that, the teething issues with a with a rental property and having to put up, um, you know, a, a clothing line. Um, what else do you have to do? Uh, get blinds installed, all those little things that about, which um, is something I also learned along the way um, a couple of different times as I'll go through uh, the journey. <laughs> so that property you bought for about 470 back in 2010, how yeah. much would it be roughly now? Today, it'd be around the 750 mark. Um, so that's what, 11 years on now. Um, it hasn't quite doubled, but it's a decent um, sort of uh, gain for, from my experience. And I've been able to obviously draw equity out of that. And the, after I had, I'd gone through that, I then went on to, from my estimating career, I went to work for a quantity surveyor mm-hmm. uh, to get gain experience in the area of tax depreciation, in which I now, which I now uh, live and breathe. But um, during my time there, I had been, um, if it's okay to say, I had been approached by Ironfish through a recommendation and I bought a property through Ironfish in, um, well, I had put exchanged for a property in Ironfish in, uh, was it New, Newstead? Newstead, right? Oh, and yes. 
that was a brand new development and yes. i thought that uh, the yes the brand new space had worked out for me buying a brand new property so i divide, decided to move myself into uh something that's outside of sydney um and it was all still about affordability i paid four hundred and fifty thousand dollars for that unit and that was uh hadn't it took years to settle as any brand new unregistered block uh would go um through anyway even if you bought an off-the-plan house as you would know um, this off the plan apartment, uh, I was eight stories up, um, had in a new said, new said, I mean, the, the way they pitched it to me was new said was a thriving suburb. Um, you know, it was based above the Ferrari dealership, quite premium. And so I had some selling points there. I thought, you know what, I've never bought an investment property in, in new said, I hadn't done a lot of research either. Um, so, and, and at that point in time, uh, I had been advised that, you know, this is great. And, you know, effectively, I felt like uh, now looking in hindsight, it was the biggest spruiking um, I've ever, ever, <laughs> ever, I've ever experienced. And um, you know what, sometimes you need to burn yourself a little bit to, to learn because it wasn't the greatest property. Um, it was, uh, it had some pros in that it was a one bedroom, but one bath, one car, and it was quite easy to rent out. Uh, I rented it out off the bat. It looked like the demand for that area was quite high. The rent there was quite, uh, I would say, not too bad. I mean, we, we I was getting $450 rent per week, um, but the strata levies were through the roof. Um, and it's something I didn't quite understand as a first-time apartment, especially a brand new one uh, with a rooftop pool, a gym, uh, mm -hmm. all the beautiful amenities you'd expect, swimming pool, uh, infinity swimming pool. Uh, things that I, as an investor, personally would stay away from. They call it like the luxury lifestyle, isn't it? Basically, that's how they, that's how they advertise it, give you that, paint that dream. So this is Newstead in Queensland. Yep. Correct? Brisbane, a couple of kilometres from Brisbane CBD, from memory, literally walking distance to the CBD, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Um, and, but um, yeah, okay. So this is uh, basically a high rise off the plan. When did you bought it? I bought this in 2003. 13 it would have been 2013 or 14 would have been okay. 13 and settled in 2015 so settled in 15 um do you mind how much how much did, did you buy it for i paid four hundred and fifty-three thousand dollars for that property or 53 and what do you reckon it's worth today today i sold it um so sold i sold it okay when did you sell that That's good. i sold that property about two years ago and i sold it for four hundred and fifty thousand exactly Wow. Okay. And so, I had a 20% deposit on that property. Um, and so what I decided to do after running my business for so many years, I realized I should have sold it much earlier. It wasn't on the top of mind for me for many years. But when I realized that, you know, I've got, I've bought some time back because I've freed myself in my business. Let's free up some money and do something better with it. So I ended up selling that property. <laughs> uh, so money's so, not working very hard for you there. I it guess. was not working at all. Yeah. <laughs> it was uh, definitely out of pocket on that one. Uh, if we do some quick maths on that, <laughs> um, but uh, you live in and you learn, as I say, and that is probably the worst property that I've bought uh, in my uh, sort of uh, property investing <laughs> life cycle. <laughs> so, what's the total size of the portfolio, Tuan? Uh, uh, macro picture. Yep, of course. Um, so I've got a portfolio that's worth. Oh, um, five. these? About eight million dollars worth of property now. Yeah. Um, span across um, six. What was it? Six properties now. Four. So four fifty thousand. Uh, 
yeah, 715. Uh, it would have been, yeah, it's about $8 million spent across Austral, uh, Canley Heights, Five Dock, Annandale, New Newington, and Homebush. So six properties, sorry, six properties. And I've sold one, so I had seven, now six. So all in New South Wales, basically. All in New South Wales, and hence uh, the the uh, the briefing of like the properties have been always bought under circumstances, which I'll go through <laughs> to you uh, in in more depth. And on an eight million portfolio, just roughly at a very high level, what's the rent yield that you're getting? Yield is probably a little bit on the negative side. I haven't worked out exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, we um there's some issues at the moment as well so it's quite under because i've got uh a property that i'm doing a da on <laughs> and it's all just about to be complete so i've got to have the tenants uh, vacated of that property so i can start the construction very soon so i've almost got two properties that are owner occupied essentially mm-hmm. um it's a little causing me a little bit of negative gearing but um it is what it is because i've got to get into this house asap <laughs> yeah time is everything um so at the moment, uh, yeah, of course, that's that's the current situation. Uh, rent rent is somewhere between, I believe, six to six to seven and a half thousand dollars, depending on where the tenancies are at for the current place that I've got um, per, per per month. Any particular reason that you decided to just stick to New South Wales? I mean, obviously, New South Wales have performed pretty well. Yeah, um, you didn't branch out to other states, Victoria. Tassie and all that. I um with my with my line of work, um, I I'm fortunate enough to see a lot of the buyers agents who buy in different areas, and I've gotten a lot of time to assess properties in different areas as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always been keen to dabble at the idea of buying Tasmania back in 2016-17, which would have been awesome. Um, and I was just a little bit. Uh, shy on the idea at the time and I wish I did it and a lot of things we do we do regret um, and we don't want to start going to crypto and all that because there's a lot of regrets there too but um, you adjust and you adapt and you learn from your lessons um, but you know there were, pro- there were properties that I'd always considered but I never really stepped out of um, my comfort zone of New South Wales and how well my properties did in New South Wales I wish I had um, you know I had uh, I really wish that I had invested um, more. I think there was opportunities to do more in New South Wales and they've done really well. Uh, For example, like I bought a property in 2020 in Austral. Um, You know, I sort of took the cash flow from the property in, in, uh, sorry, in in Newstead and I bought a property in Austral Mm -hmm. with the 20%. And that that worked out really well. That property there was, I, I bought for after, everything, including, you know, having all the ancillary items done with concrete driveway, et cetera, et cetera. I ended up paying about $565,000 for this brand new house in Austral uh, off the plan. And um, in my situation, off the plan always worked out the best because it just meant that I didn't have to be there. I, I run a, a business here, Dual Tax Quantity Surveyor staffs about 19 people. Um, and so the time that I have to, to manage properties is very minimal. And for me, it's all about, um, you know, I, I do have that uh, that uh, the flexibility of having a little bit of negative gearing in my portfolio as well. So I don't always recommend it for my family and friends. But when they ask me, oh, like, let's, where should I buy? Because, you know, Twine Swordway's journey, I say, look, it's not for everybody. You know, I'd rather be talking to a buyer's agency and going out there to those 
corners and crevices of the you know of the country and finding awesome property that are positive geared so you can build a property portfolio that you can retire on my retirement plan is very different to everybody else's my retirement plan is you know is made up of not just not just the properties and the capital gain that comes out of it but primarily it's my business that generates that so if i spend time away from my business managing properties it's not healthy for my business and that then uh compromises my ability to retire so that's where i, I sort of come from uh, on, on that standpoint yeah it's interesting. Uh, that was going to be one of my questions. I mean, 8 million portfolio is a pretty decent sized portfolio. One thing I forgot to ask was what's the LVR loan to value ratio on the whole portfolio? Uh, are we talking 50, 60 or high 70, 80s? Um, the LVR on just across the board is about 80%. Um, so I've, I'm, I'm still quite junior in my, in my accumulation phase where I've, yes, I've bought property back in 2010, but I haven't done a whole lot. Um, mainly because my time has not been available and I didn't have the cash flow that I that I wish I could have in the early years of a business. And so that kind of took a hit. But once I got up to speed, um, you know, I buying, you know, selling a property, buying Austral, I then committed myself into buying an office in 2016. So I was renting for the first couple of years of my business mm -hmm. until in 2016, I bought an office in Newington, which is uh, about... I would say 20, 20 to 25 Ks from the city, 20 Ks. Yeah. And that's around the Sydney Olympic uh, Park area. And then Newington was almost like a suburb developed out of um, the 2000 Olympics, which now houses, Newington would house all the Olympians throughout the 2000 Olympics. And part of that estate, they also build some commercial units back in, I think it was 2004, post-Olympics. Mm. And so it's become a whole community very um korean centric community um but uh really its own thing and it's like their own you know marketplace or shopping center that would draw people from Lidcombe, uh which is a new development just uh west of sorry just east should i say was it maybe south of the Olymp sydney olympic park and it also draws people from wentworth point which is now as you know mm -hmm. uh, a thriving apartment centric area as well so interesting that you said that you were looking for more set and forget properties, basically, because obviously you're heavily focused on your on growing your business. Yep. Um, why won't you rather, and this is really a question from my investor's perspective, why won't you rather dabble into commercial real estate, which is again a set and forget with much higher rent yields, yep. uh, obviously lesser of a growth, but similar to your situation where you would have got a better growth if you bought rundown houses or whatever it was right so yep. um, why not commercial why didn't you prefer commercial over residential is that the uh, initial deposit high deposit salvias the when i initially started my office in uh, new state newington that i had bought um, I purchased that out of necessity, um, thinking that my business was at a stage where, you know, 150, 160, oh, sorry, 120 square meters of working space would be sufficient for me for a five-year period. And so when I bought that office and I was offered, uh, I was explained that, you know, it's a great way to structure if you can do it in your super purchase and rent 
you get your company to rent it from your superannuation, self-managed superannuation. Yep. I didn't have enough super in that stage. I was a very young uh, business owner that didn't have that. So we set up this family trust and we had the same uh, principles applied where we rent from the family trust. Now that had great CGT discount benefits if I had mm-hmm. gone to sell. Not that I had an intention to, but fortunately in the next three years, by, the, by 2018, 19, I was growing out of this space. Mm-hmm. So buying that pro- premises never really, that commercial space never had the intention of, you know, renting it from, from, from uh, sorry, renting it out eventually. I thought I was going to be there for five, 10 years, not three, four years. So when that came around, I actually decided that, you know what, let's not sell this property because at that stage uh, it was $450,000, uh, mm-hmm. sorry, $440,000 that I bought that premises for. And I would be able to get around uh, $1,100 rent per per month. Uh, sorry, per week. Per week. Uh, because of um, it had a brand new fit out. I did a very good fit out in the 50 units in that premises. I probably had the best fit out in that whole area. But as you do with any own occupied space, you you make a beautiful fit out. You bring your staff in and and and, and you and you work from there. And so because of that uh, sort of superior fit out, we've had really good rent. But um, I did consider selling it. It was a property that I bought for four hundred forty thousand back in two thousand sixteen, um, two thousand and twenty uh, nineteen. Uh, sorry, two thousand nineteen twenty. I had the valuation come in at about six fifty. Um, so it was a very good property at the time and space. Reason for buying it wasn't because it was a yes. It was a beautiful area that I wanted to be in. I love that 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 vicinity of Sydney Olympic Park, being close to it, and then being able to draw staff from all areas of Sydney towards the centre. Because Homebush, I feel like Homebush and Sydney Olympic Park is almost the centre of Sydney, if we consider Parramatta, yep. uh, Castle Hill, as far as the Shire as, and as far east as um, the city. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a great hub for, for the team to be situated. And so, as I say again, out of necessity and, uh, you know, based on the, you know, my circumstances, that was a perfect property for me, and and rightly so because people then saw the value of that. So I put a, I think it was an eighty thousand dollar renovation into this four hundred forty thousand dollar property, which would be about five hundred twenty, and we had it valued at about six fifty. And so over a three or four year period, it returned very good uh, capital growth, and and, and it was, uh, I guess. <laughs> I started to believe in myself in what I was trying to do when I bought things under under my sort of rules, right? And and, and that worked out well. And so um, from there, we because I because of that situation worked out really well. I've gone on to buy another property in Homebush. So now we're based in Homebush, uh, right next to DFO in a relatively new uh, precinct here, which is a commercial um, uh, strata titled office space, similar to Newington, except we're in a three hundred square meter office now. Um, same arrangement upstairs, downstairs. But what I've got to do, because it's such a big area, and I should rewind back, Newington, I, I, as much as I, if even if I could sell it, um, I wouldn't be able to sell it because at the time of deciding whether I should rent it out or sell it, we had so many people uh, trying to rent out offices because of COVID. So around two, uh, mid to early 2020, we tried to rent it out there were at least five, six, 10 people looking to rent out their offices due to COVID. Luckily for us, we found a tenant uh, that was paying half rent for three months. Uh, so we're paying something like $25,000 a year in rent, but uh, for three months, but we were first to get a tenant in because we had that superior fit out. 
very fortunately. Uh, the rest of the spaces in there had an older fit out from 2006, which is where they originally built it. Um, because I had done that updated renovation, um, it, it did work out well for myself, but selling it wasn't an option because there's nobody during uh, early 2000, uh, 2020 last year, there weren't many people trying looking to 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 uh, rent at all, as you know, in an office space. So my tactic now, as much as I've uh, gone on and and prior to COVID in November 2019, I had exchanged on a um, on on this uh, new office, trying to implement the same uh, investment strategy. However, by the time I finished the fit out, we then had to move out of Newington. Uh, we didn't couldn't sell it. We could rent it, fortunately, which we still do, uh, for around fifty. I think it's fifty five thousand dollars per annum plus um, plus ongoings, uh, outgoings, should I say? And so, fortunately for us, we've gone into this new office. We've split the office into two. So we've downstairs. We've got we've got a tenancy for one hundred. 140 square meters and upstairs we occupy 170 square meters downstairs pays uh pays us about i think forty five thousand dollars rent plus outgoings mm -hmm. um and the total building itself uh we purchased for about 1.3 million dollars uh plus gst um so and we've done a fit out to it a basic fit out that costs us about 100 grand but overall um with an interest rate i think it's about three and a half percent it's not too bad uh, on the whole building, and uh, and uh, so we're we're we've got downstairs almost covering just about all of the uh, the the costs for for the for the building itself, which has been really good. Um, yeah, <laughs> sorry. So, no, that's cool. So now that your business is relatively established, yeah, uh, from the days when you started your property for portfolio, uh, would you use any would you use any creative um, strategies to uh, maximize the gains on your portfolio by either selling and buying something which will give you more gains or other states where there's more chances of capital growth like Perth, we have been talking about Brisbane, we have been talking about that there's more chance of them outrunning Sydney and Victoria. Is it something that you will look at now that your business is fairly established or are you pretty happy with this uh, set and forget strategy that you have opted for so far? I'm, um, yeah, after six years into the business now, I, I, my, I think my, um, you know, once you have, uh, you build some cash flow, you build some equity, um, you will then, you know, I think I haven't reviewed my LVR in the last six months, um, but I can only imagine it's gone increased dramatically because of most of my, pro all my properties are in Sydney. Mm -hmm. um, um, what I'd be looking for in the next 12 to 24 months, I'm actually considering is getting into um, commercial spaces, but not offices. Uh, for one, that is something I'm very against right now. And I think for the foreseeable future, it, it would have to go straight into warehousing. I think um, you know, you know, the the type of business that uses warehousing as storage, as you know, uh, drop shipping um, locations. It's such a, it's it's where the market's moving. Um, people are, are, are removing the need to be so client facing. Uh, so as us here, we we're, we're, we're not client facing. We 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 see we don't see any clients a year to be honest, compared to what we did in the first year of business. And it's just the way it is. People are so accepting of it. So that's something I'd, I'm really looking forward to. Um, as I start to move into a, a, my place that I've um, renovated, 
uh, I will look at uh, downsizing some of the houses and, and reducing some of that uh, that debt, getting rid of them, and using that capital and that cash flow to then put into other properties. I think Melbourne. I mean, I've I've, I've bought a couple of properties that are high end in Sydney, and I've done really really well out of them after uh, over the last six months. So what I'm thinking is to apply the same principles in the Brisbane market, um, in the Melbourne market. I think there are really good properties, um, you know, in in these in these cities that just haven't seen the level of success that Sydney Sydney has uh, undergone in the last six months, even prior to that. So um, really looking forward to 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 trying to buy something in you know interstate, preferably high end Mel- um, uh, Brisbane suburbs and high end Melbourne suburbs. Well, would you be looking at residential or you'd be looking at commercial? Mainly question, David. <laughs> Same question. I think mainly residential. I think there's there's so much potential in residential in the, in the Australian economy. It's such a highly sought after, you know, like uh, just it, it, the, the market for it is just there. It's always been there. It continues to thrive. We've seen it. You know, 2015 was, you know, 2010 to 2015 was a great time, 2017 almost. And the last three years have been a bit stagnant in Sydney. And all I think what happened was come 2021, it's just caught up. All that time that that there has been minimal growth, it's just caught up and it's really just delivered. So if we can find the same principles across the residential property market, um, you know, just, just west of Melbourne in those great suburbs, even around, you know, sort of Melbourne CBD, close to Melbourne CBD, just east of Melbourne, I think we're some really hot suburbs that we could, that we could tackle. Um, oh, to be honest, I can't name any off the top of my head, but... Jazz okay. can give you a few, that's for sure. Yeah. He's, uh, he's a Melbourneian. Yeah, right. <laughs> I think southeast, mate. Yeah, southeast is it? He, he specialises in southeast, mate. There's some really nice houses around as well. I'm yeah. sure there are. And yeah. I think um, if you like, because I'm always after, you know, strong capital growth, um, I have a little bit of buffer to play with when it comes to being able to afford for capital growth, and I, 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 I'm, I'm going to do it. I think it's something that it's a no-brainer for myself, and it just gives me the bigger opportunity to reduce debt, sell, move on to bigger projects. You know, and uh, you know, I, I see clients all the time. Um, you know, uh, we, we work with uh, you know Rethink Investing, and you know, so so, so they buy amazing properties, a uh, commercial type com- commercial blocks. Uh, of shopping centers and this and that, small shopping villages for their clients. And it's just a really good, um, uh, you know, really good cash flow for their clients. And it's something that I think as I get into the sort of the, 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 the you know, the down, the, the sort of the transition, um, transitional phase of my uh, property investing journey, where I'm not all about building wealth, but uh, sort of maintaining and trying to build, uh, you know, cash flow for retirement. Those type of properties are going to be amazing to to be able to afford one day a small shopping village that returns amazing yield. I think that's really where it's at with little minimal to little debt. It's funny, I uh, uh, that you mentioned uh, commercial. Obviously, residential is great. We all start with residential, but I am more. And I haven't done commercial yet myself. Uh, David, I'm not sure. David uh, is uh, residential too, completely. Yeah. Uh, but I'm really keen to dabble into the commercial space and gain some experience, especially with what you said before, industrial warehouses and all uh, with the digital age. Now there's internet era. Um, yeah. I think that space is set to grow a lot over the next few years. So if you can find the right kind of uh, properties in that space, 
that can be leased easily and uh, i think one you will see potential growth because they will be in high demand at the same time as the great rents that you get from those properties it's just something even i'm tempted towards to but obviously there's a lot of homework required before that to be done so yeah well um yeah luckily uh, i've experienced myself some capital growth in 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 commercial something that i didn't think and and as far as i read it's not something you would expect aggressively and so quite quite luckily uh, newington had that to offer because i bought at a good time when i think when residential was so hot the bubble Mm-hmm. People didn't think about commercial. So fortunately, mm-hmm. I bought a property that was really cheap at the time. And so now people are swaying away from com- residential because it's becoming a lot more unaffordable. You've seen prices in commercial have risen a bit. But the beautiful thing is as much as it's risen, I think like for the office we're in now, there were the, the I think the information memorandum was suggesting somewhere, you know, downstairs we can get 44,000. But as a package, we'd be getting somewhere around 75K for the whole building. Uh, for the whole unit here, uh, 300 square meters. So that means if we're doing 300 square meters for 77K uh, thereabouts um, with, you know, we're paying about $35,000, $40,000 in interest per year based on that loan, it's it's a no-brainer. It's it's good cash flow um, and it's mm-hmm. we, we, we can't overlook, um, especially in high demand areas. But of course, um, this is where we want to sway away from offices because the demand's not there. But if we have like my my um, logic is that if we've got all this business um, that's happening and being stimulated around the economy inside Sydney without having COVID here, which we fortunately not haven't had to to endure in the last you know twelve months in 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 Australia as a whole. Um, great areas like you know like there's 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 storage facilities you can get warehouses. For around seven eight hundred thousand dollars in in um, in uh, in Strathfield and places like Strathfield are so sought after because it's like a you know they've got the big transport line out there um, you know companies could easily like a construction company could easily use it as storage for their tiles or if they had a concreting business they could leave their trucks there their you know their, their excavators whatever it is and it's such an easy place to commute from especially when they're working out east. They're working anywhere around Sydney. They can just grab their tools there. and and that's something I've always thought about. And most of the, these type of industrial type uh, units, that's what they're used for. They're all used for for you know construction purposes. And and I, I think the demand there is going to be hot because people are just <laughs> it just doesn't slow down. And if we can, if we're really, I think another savvy area was always going to be around that Smeaton Grange area out out Western Sydney suburbs, um, because the development out there is always going to be growing. And I think. For myself, because I, 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 to be honest, I grew out in the Liverpool area, and buying a place in Austral, I just know the level of demand there is out there, mm-hmm. and I'd be very comfortable to buy more commercial industrial um, units out there, uh, where where they those builders and 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 whatnot, and, and even a drop shipping type businesses out there could really leverage on those type of units uh, in the future, and, and and very safe safely so. Yeah. So the other it's it's interesting that you mentioned the capital growth that you have seen in your commercial property, which you didn't expect. We had one of the commercial specialists on our show a couple of weeks ago. Uh, the key message that he passed was uh, was that people generally think commercial is not going to give you similar kind of capital growth like residential does, mm. but uh, 
some of the scenarios that he mentioned that he's looked at and some of the uh, clients that he have dealt with and purchased properties over time, they have performed, th- those commercial properties have performed equally well, uh, just like what you mentioned before. Mm. So it's, it's, it's an eye-opener a little bit for people like uh, David and I to some extent because we, we, we have been residential uh, heavy. Um, learning that parts of, obviously not all commercial like offices you mentioned and some other stuff in retail space uh, uh, will perform that well. But if bought right, right kind of property with decent block size in the right suburb that is still growing for residential even, mm. you will see that natural domino effect of commercial starting to gain momentum. And the booster, the real booster is that as the commercial price grows, the rent grows more. That's so right. that's the real kicker over there. Uh, it's, a, it's, a, it's a very interesting area. Uh, 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 completely separate, obviously. But mm. yeah, that's good. So that's all I had, David, from questions perspective. Anything else that you would want to or Tuan? You I reckon next time them? we'll probably get Tuan back to dig more into the actual commercial property aspects of things, given the fact that he's actually had experience. I mean, we can't cover everything in one episode, unfortunately, <laughs> but he's dabbled in residential and he's also now moved into commercial as well. And obviously you had a bit of experience in terms of offices and that kind of stuff. So I think we can leverage off that knowledge. Um, yeah. And, uh, and do a bit of deep, deep dive next time on the yeah. commercial properties. Tuan, anything else that you would add want to add from from listeners perspective before we wrap this up yeah i think everyone you know needs to really invest um based on their own strategy um everyone's got different circumstances into the way they invest um you know whether it's setting up you know for myself i i can't afford an smsf uh setup at this stage so it's something i haven't been able to go down that route but i believe that that's some uh, from what I can see, there are some huge tax benefits. So, you know, each person needs to sort of uh, understand what is it that I am uh, that I need uh, the most at this point in time um, for my own sort of strategy, uh, whether it's cash flow, do I need to build or am I trying to build capital growth rather quickly with what I have, uh, the existing cash flow that I have, and it won't dwindle my cash flow. So it's it's a, a very it's 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 a very um, sophisticated map in which you need to have the right partners, including accountants, including SMSF advisors. And so, um, you know, for myself, circumstances always driven and dictated my investing journey. Uh, so I can highly recommend people if it feels right at the time and you're comfortable where you, you buy, like when I was advised by Ironfish to buy in Newstead, that wasn't out of my, that was out of my comfort zone. It was me trying to be daring, but sometimes, you know, you've got to do your own research. It's not always the best path for you. And I can say that for everybody because every property I've bought has come from, you know, my the, the necessity and hence um, buying a lot of properties in Sydney from where I live. Um, and, and the areas I understand, uh, I bought a lot of, a couple of properties now in the inner West as well that are residential and I bought them because I think I've just been so passionate about them and what they offer, you know, they're, they're beautiful, like sort of parkside properties. Uh, you know, some houses are very unique, which I've, I've, I'm looking to buy and uh, I've, I've bought and looking to renovate and move into very soon. Um, but, you know, then there will become a time when I've got to reconsolidate, uh, consolidate all my properties and realize, you know what, this money could be spent working harder elsewhere. Um, and whether that's, you know, diversifying into stocks or crypto or whatever it is these days people are talking about. But, you know, it's, it's the opportunities are endless. 
Um, but definitely when it comes to property, it is a great uh, foundation because it offers that stability, especially in these markets when, uh, you know, interest rates can be going positive, negative, who knows what our cash is going to be worth in two months time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um- that's great. That's that's some interesting points that you made towards the end. We discussed that a lot on this podcast. So, yeah, uh, I see. So, uh, you guys have. <laughs> I've, uh, learned, I've learned a few things myself as well. <laughs> and and on the team part, uh, when David and I started this podcast, uh, we were learners, learning about podcasting and all that stuff. So we did discuss about all this stuff, our building a team and all that stuff. Uh, except that now, when I look back, I'm like, we could have done this a little bit. Uh, not a little bit, a lot better. <laughs> it all comes with experience. It and does. That, that's Always what we're here for. Uh, so great chat, mate. Uh, enjoy, enjoyed the conversation. Um, Thank you, Chad. Uh, it's you, it's, it's uh, hats off. You've got a decent sized portfolio um, and your business is growing as well, which is good. Uh, so uh, hope you keep adding more and more to your portfolio and uh, don't go too crazy on some of the other crazy asset classes like crypto. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. all in moderation thank you guys <laughs> thanks man. and uh, yeah to the listeners play safe stay safe uh, this is not a financial advice do your own research uh, and have a good week cheers